so glad that you are here with us tonight. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here, and so thankful that you chose to spend your uh, Christmas Eve together with us and worshiping and reflecting and remembering uh, just our Savior uh, and Christ come as a baby, and what does that mean for us? And we want to take some time, as we've already done through song, but we want to take the time to reflect and to remember and to prepare our hearts as we celebrate in that way. And uh, as I was thinking about it, you know, I think there's probably two, uh, two different kind of camps uh, when it comes to gift giving and primarily gift opening. And uh, I think some of you probably grew up in a home where maybe, uh, maybe this was the situation where it was a little bit more on Christmas morning if you gave gifts, uh, that it was a little bit more free for all. Uh, like, you know, where uh, everyone just kind of opens all the presents at once and it all just kind of happens in the matter of like seconds, if not, you know, maybe minutes. Um, that's how my, uh, my grandpa, um, grandma and grandpa on my mom's side, that's how it was with all of the cousins. We would just kind of, it was chaos for about 30 seconds and then it was just kind of over. Uh, that is not the house that I grew up in, and maybe some of you can relate more to this, where uh, we would uh, take the turns, and there was an order, and there was time given between. Sometimes the presents weren't even all handed out. They stayed under the tree, and it got, you know, everyone kind of took their turn, and then pictures were taken. That, that camcorder, I remember as a kid, the camcorder kind of, you know, in my face, and, and um, those are the days that are uh, very different from now when you didn't want to be on camera. Now everyone's trying to get on camera, but, you know, you'd get on camera, and you'd record all the things that that happened. And we used to ask, we're like, man, who's going to ever go back and watch it? And um, I found out we do. It's hilarious to go back and see all those gifts. I love that we recorded all of those things. But I'm just kind of curious, just a, a quick poll in the room. How many of you grew up in sort of the free-for-all, sort of crazy, uh, all-at-once house? Anybody? Anybody kind of have that? Okay, there's a few of you. And I, that's usually what I find is, is that's, uh, that is like, it's, it's crazy. And, and that's, that's kind of how it goes. And I'm assuming the rest of you uh, yeah, the order, take turns, all at one at a time. Okay, okay. So that's all right. Um, we now know a lot about everybody in this room. Uh, we can infer a few things from that. But yeah, the way that you give gifts is, uh, is a little different. And uh, in that free-for-all, it doesn't really matter how you open it, but if you are, as most of us, are kind of in the situation where uh, you open one at a time, then your reaction sort of matters. Uh, some of us are really good at getting gifts, right? Uh, it says that it's more blessed to receive or to give rather than to receive, right? And some of us, we, um, we like getting gifts, but we don't know how to receive them. Uh, sometimes we're awkward about it or we you know, don't show enough emotion or something like that. My wife is the opposite of not good at that. She's amazing at opening gifts. Um, I've many, many times she has found out ahead of time what gift she's going to get. Not, I don't know. She says that it's by accident, but it keeps happening. So I'm starting to question this. Um, but she is so good at opening. If you didn't know that she knew ahead of time, you would not know because she opens it and she's just overcome with joy and just, oh, I'm so thankful. This is amazing. And like, you know, and you just, you don't know. She's, it's a skill, really. Others of us, though, um, there's that dreaded question, if you're opening presents tonight or tomorrow, that dreaded question that nobody really wants to have to answer when, when their present is opened. You know what it is? It's those three words, right? Oh, what is it? Right? Like, that's always that moment. You're like, oh, okay. And you got to explain the gift and, and that sort of, well, let me tell you, it's really cool. You know, and you got to kind of go into the whole thing. If you don't understand what the gift is, it's hard to celebrate. It's hard to be excited for it. And so whether we open up gifts in chaos or whether we open up one at a time or whether we are good at receiving, not receiving, I think it really matters 
how we receive or what, what the gift is? Do we understand what it is that we are receiving? I want to just use this picture to sort of frame our time in the Word of God tonight. Uh, because we know that gifts are a fun part of the season. It's certainly, whether you give gifts or not, I think it's a time of generosity. It's a fun time, fun, fun chance to kind of give gifts to one another. But we know that the greatest gift was given to us by God in his son, Jesus Christ. That is the gift that we celebrate at Christmas. That's why we're here tonight. We're not just here to sing songs that are familiar or these carols that we've come to know and love. We're here to celebrate the gift of Jesus given to us at Christmas. And if we don't understand what it is, if we don't know how to receive it, then it's, it's hard to really celebrate well. And what I want to do this, this evening is I want to look at a, a passage um, just after the familiar kind of Christmas story. We all know the story of, or you've heard it before, of, of, uh, of Jesus when he was born in that stable on the edge of Bethlehem and the shepherds came to visit and, and all of those things took place. Well, there's a story that just that takes place just after in the Gospel of Luke that I think is helpful for us as we inform our hearts and prepare to celebrate if you were with us last week, we looked at Mary's song, the song that she sang after she received from the angel the words of prophecy that Jesus was going to be um, given. And she responded in song, and we looked at that, and we said, this is how we prepare for Christmas. Well, today I want to look at Simeon's response, this man Simeon, and we're going to see how do we celebrate at Christmas Kids, I'm so excited you guys are in here tonight. It's so fun to have you up in big church. And we're going to look at and learn from God's word just like we do downstairs when you guys are in your kid city classes. But we want to look at God's word and we want to learn from it now. And what we see here is a picture of celebration in Simeon. I think for us, there's a few things that we're going to see as we walk through this that will inform how we celebrate Christ tonight, tomorrow, this week, in the coming year. What does it look like to celebrate at Christmas? Let's look at God's word together. If you have a copy of scripture, you can open up to Luke chapter two. There's some underneath the seats. We'll also put it up on the screen so you can follow along. And it says this. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Just to kind of catch us up, again, Jesus has been born. Mary and Joseph have made their way to Jerusalem to offer at the temple a sacrifice. We said last week it was two young pigeons uh, indicating that they were coming from the poorest of the poor. This is their sacrifice of purification. And so they're coming to the temple. They're going to offer the sacrifice. And they get there, and there's this man, Simeon. And it says, this man... Was, a righteous, was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. We don't know if Simeon had an official role at the temple. It doesn't say that it doesn't, but it doesn't say that he does. It just says that he was a righteous man, that he was a godly man, that he loved the Lord, and he was diligent in worshiping and serving and responding to him. And notice he was waiting for something. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. You see, Israel was... Uh, was oppressed at this time. It was under the empire, the rule of Rome, and, and it was difficult times for the people of Israel. And it had been prophesied years and years, generations before, some 400 years before, it had been prophesied that there was going to be a Messiah that was going to come. And so the people of God were waiting for this Messiah. Many pictured a military Messiah, uh, someone who was going to come and overthrow the rule of Rome. Uh, others thought it was going to be some sort of kingly Messiah who was going to set up a new kingdom in, in kind of a new way. But there were, 
The people of God were waiting and looking, and it says here that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. When would God come and comfort his people? When would he restore their, uh, their position and their, their glory and their, um, who they are as their, his children? He's waiting, but it, notice it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Uh, we live in a time and an age when the Holy Spirit is, is given. And if you are in Christ Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit indwells you. Here, the Holy Spirit came upon people for seasons or times or, or special things. And so here, Simeon the Holy, has the Holy Spirit upon him. And he's there at the temple. And look at verse 26. It had been revealed to him. Why is he at the temple? It would have been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he was looking, he was waiting God had told him, you will see the Messiah before you die. And so each day, day by day, at the temple, waiting, looking, longing, hoping, is this the day, right? He would make his way to the temple. Is this the day that I'm going to see the Christ, see the Messiah? And this was the day, verse 27, he came in the spirit to the temple. The spirit led him there. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. He recognized, again, by the leading of the Holy Spirit that this was the Christ. This was the Messiah. And so he was overcome with joy. He was excited to see God's provision finally coming to fruition. His promise that had been given so many years before was now being given right there. And he's now holding the Messiah, the baby boy, in his arms. And look at this blessing to the Lord, this response of joy and celebration. He said this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Right? It had been said that he wouldn't die before he saw the Messiah. He's like, now I can go in peace. I've seen the Messiah. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. What an amazing picture that we have of Simeon's response to Christ at Christmas. And I think for us, this helps inform how we are to celebrate Christ at Christmas. Do you know that we have recorded for us the response of the shepherds? We have the response of Mary, but we don't have the words that they spoke. These are the first words that we have that were recorded in response to the baby Jesus. And what an amazing picture of celebration I think there's kind of four things that we can see in the way that we celebrate. And I want to show them to you because I think it's helpful for us as we look to celebrate together. The first, going back up to verse 25, I think Simeon was a picture of celebrating with patience. He had patience as he celebrated. Notice what it says, that he was a man that was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. See, he was patient on the Lord's timing. Do you know that the Lord has his own timetable? We've said it many times before. I think it's a good reminder for us. We live in an instantaneous culture, right? We want downloads now. We want our food now. I had to wait 20 minutes for a coffee drink the other day. I thought that was just, should be illegal, right? Like there shouldn't be, there's no reason that we should have to wait for that kind of thing. We want things now. Yet we have a picture here of what does it look like to wait on the Lord in patience Again, the people of God had been waiting for hundreds of years. And here you have Simeon with this promise, and he's there day by day waiting on the Lord. The reality is tonight in this room, there are some of you that are waiting with patience for the Lord to work. Some of you thought last Christmas that by now, 
the answer or the response would have come, the resolution to what you're praying for, the thing that you're waiting for, that it would have come, yet here we are at another Christmas and you're still waiting. Can I just encourage you to wait on the timing of the Lord? The Lord's timing is perfect. The Lord's timing is unlike ours. The Lord's timing is always at work. He is doing things in the timing that he set out to do. And so this was the perfect time for Jesus to come. This was the perfect time for the Messiah to be born. This was exactly when God had chosen from the foundations of the earth that this would come to pass. The timing of the Lord. He's waiting with patience and trusting. You see, part of patience is trust. If you're gonna wait with patience, it means that you have to understand and acknowledge, you have to trust the one that you're waiting on. Are they coming? Is it gonna happen And that's the next thing that we see. Not only is he waiting with patience, but he's waiting with confidence. Verse 26, it says that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You see, Simeon receiving this word from the Spirit was confident that it was going to happen. And I shared last week that that you and I, we, we we don't always breed confidence in the things that we say. Uh, We say that we're going to do things, and then we fail to do them. We make promises, and we don't deliver. Well, I'm happy to give an update, because I said last week that I had told my kids a couple times that I was going to put out a joy sign in our yard, this light-up sign that we have that, you know, it's our way of telling our neighbors that we love Jesus and we celebrate Christmas, okay? Just this joy sign. And it had not gotten up, and here we're a week out from Christmas, and it still hadn't gotten out. So I went public, and I said I was going to get my joy sign up last Sunday. I'm proud to report my joy sign went up last Sunday. Now, it was in the dark. It was later in the evening than I had originally thought, but it was up, light was on it, and it's been up all week. So here's the thing. That thing, it was like this classic moment. My wife is very sweet about it, but you know, it's always the same. It's like, hey, that didn't take very long. <laughs> That's code for, why didn't you do it like three weeks ago, right? See, here's the thing. We get tripped up by even the smallest of things, Right? It wasn't the matter of how long it was going to take. It was just all the things that went into it, the planning, the preparation, everything, you know, no. See, here's the thing. The smallest things can trip us up. Do you know that there is nothing that the Lord has said that he would do that he is going to fail to do? We've said it before, and we need to hear it again. If God says that he will do it, it will come to pass. God will keep every single one of his promises. There is not one thing that he has said. And so here you have a man giving us an example of confidence in the Lord. God had told him, you will see the Messiah. And so for centuries, it had been prophesied. For centuries, the people of God had been waiting. Yet now he had a timetable. In my lifetime, I'm going to see it. And there was this confidence that he had. Listen, you and I might not breed a lot of confidence in each other. I'll be honest, the first to admit, I'm going to let you down. There's things that I promise that I don't deliver on or things that I intend to do that I can't do. God is not that way. Everything that he has said, he will do. As we celebrate, we can have confidence that God is accomplishing his plan. One of the reasons that we rejoice and we celebrate Christ at Christmas is it's a reminder that God is doing that which he said he would do. Look at verse 27. It says, he came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought him in the child, uh, the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. Here we have a picture of expectancy. This is expectant of what God was accomplishing, what he was doing in this. This blessing came because he saw the Lord at work and he was expectant with what he was going to do. 
Again, as he came to the temple, there was this expectancy. Kids, is that not one of the best parts about Christmas is waiting for Christmas, right? I think it's what makes Christmas. Even as an adult, I count down the days. I shared last week that we had um, regular updates from uh, little Levi, who's having the hardest time sitting still. Um, but it's, 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 it's possible, isn't it? Every, all the time, we get little updates from Levi about how many days until Christmas. Well, this week, there was a little bit of a controversy because he, uh, he relies on Alexa to keep him up to date. Um, if you're not familiar, that's Amazon's little um, uh, spy robot that they install in your home. And, um, and so he, he asks Alexa, how many days until Christmas? And uh, this week, uh, she kind of threw him off because she said four, hours and, or four days and six hours. And so he was convinced. He's like, Christmas is four days away. And we said, kind of. It's, it's four days, but it's five sleeps, buddy. Like, you got to sleep five times before Christmas comes. And he's like, no, Alexa said four days. And we're like, yeah, but you got to look at the nights and kind of the time. It was four days and six hours. And so there was a little bit of controversy around, around this this week. But here's the thing. Part of the thing that makes Christmas so fun, is it not the expectancy, the excitement around it? We picked out this special gift uh, this month, and, and we worked on it together. We got it all ready for mom, and, and after we got it all prepared, he kind of looked at it, and then he just went, oh. I said, what's wrong, bud? And he said, I just can't wait to give this to mom. I can't wait till she opens this, right? There's this expectancy of what's going to come. Church, we are to have the same expectancy of the Lord, this confidence that he is working, that he will work, and that he will come again. One of the reasons we light these candles, one of the reasons that we celebrate Advent the way that we do is because we look back, as Pastor Jeff said earlier, we look back to the way that the people of God waited and we wait in the same way. Church, do you know this? If you are in Christ Jesus, that there is a day when Christ is going to return and he is going to receive us to himself that we wait with expectancy of when he's going to come. This earth is not our home. This world is not forever. We are going to be with him for eternity. And that is with great expectancy that we wait for that. But it's not just patience. It's not just confidence. It's not just expectancy. It is with rejoicing. And this is the picture of his, the song, the words that he sings here in response, this blessing unto the Lord. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. What is the source of Simeon's rejoicing? What is the source of his joy? It is that he has seen the work of the Lord. I don't know about you, but every Christmas, I get a little bit disappointed when it's all done, right? All the planning, all the preparation, all the gift buying, after all the paper comes off, all the gifts are opened, there's this moment when it's like, man, was that really worth it? Is that gonna last, right? You see, if your joy at Christmas comes from the parties or comes from the food or comes from the family or comes from the gifts, it's a joy that's gonna be fleeting. It's a joy that's going to diminish. Sometimes before even the day ends, we already lose the excitement around that. But praise the Lord that we don't have a joy that just comes from these temporal manufactured things. We have a joy that comes from the Lord. And that is where the source of our rejoicing is. It's not only in the person of the Lord, but the work of the Lord as well. Notice what he says. He says, for my eyes have seen not your child, not your baby boy, not even your Messiah. Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation. 
He's looking upon Jesus and he sees the salvation of the Lord. To see Jesus is to see salvation. That is what we are beholding. That is what we are rejoicing in today. It's not just a baby that was born, not just a man that came to earth, but we are rejoicing that Jesus is our salvation. That is where our source of joy comes from. Listen, this world is dark. This world is broken, but Jesus brings the light of God to it and he is shining into our place of need. He is the light for revelation to the Gentiles and he is the glory to the people of Israel. He has given us his greatest gift at Christmas and that is the person of Jesus Christ. Listen, church, this is why we rejoice. Let's just rehearse together the story of the gospel and what it is that Jesus, why it is that Jesus came. See, we learn that we are broken, that we are separated. There's a gap between us and our maker. Jesus came to make a way that we might be able to be restored in right relationship to him, that we might be able to have a restored joy, that we might have restored life, and that's found only in the person of Jesus Christ. If Jesus didn't come, then there is no way. But Jesus came that we might have a way. He lived the life that you and I were meant to live, but couldn't, didn't. He died the death that you and I were meant to die, but now don't have to because Christ took that death on himself. I just want to tell you that, that Christ's gift to you, Jesus is God's gift to you at Christmas. The question is, are you going to receive it? It's a free gift. It's a gift that's been purchased by his blood. It's a gift that he has earned. He went to the cross. He shed his perfect blood to pay for our sin, for the penalty, offering forgiveness, a wiping away, a clearing of the slate that we might have a renewed and restored relationship with him. My question for you is, do you, have you received this gift of life? I can tell you this Christmas could be a special Christmas. It could be one that you, for the first time, receive this gift of life from the Lord by believing upon Jesus. If you have seen Jesus, you have seen salvation. If you receive him as your savior, you receive salvation. This is why we rejoice, church. This is why we celebrate Christ. And so every year on Christmas Eve, we light the Christ candle. It's the final candle in our Advent candles, and it represents the light which is shown into the darkness in the person of Jesus Christ. This is, again, God's gift to us at Christmas is the person of Jesus Christ. I want to read for us this familiar story of the birth of the baby Jesus it says this, now when Joseph went up also from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, when Jesus was born that day, light was piercing into the darkness. Again, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. This light was being given. The words of John say that a light shines into the darkness and darkness has not overcome it. It says the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, to his own people, did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the invitation at Christmas, that you might believe in the name of Jesus and have the right to become a child of God. Those who were born not of blood or of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In just a minute, we're going to sing a song of remembrance, of, of rejoicing, of celebration of what this special night is. It's a well-known song. And then after we sing it, we're going to share the candle lights. We're going to light our candles together. I just want to be very clear about what that picture is. It's a picture of the light of Christ coming into the darkness and then being shared through us as we share it together. And so I'm gonna invite you as we, after we sing this song, that that light is gonna be shed, just to hold your candle and to remember and to reflect on what does it mean to receive the light of Jesus? What does it mean to share the light of Jesus? A couple of my daughters are gonna help me to pass out the candle light. And so you can uh, just stay in your seats and it will make its way to you. Um, it works best if you kind of lean your unlit candle into the lit candle, just a pro tip on how to not burn the church down. Um, but uh, the first service did fantastic. I think we can do it just as well. But it's an amazing time to reflect on the light of Christ shining into our darkened world. Let's pray as we get ready to respond together. God, thank you for your gift of Christ at Christmas. Jesus, we give you praise. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. You are our Messiah. God, we thank you for the way that you have shown and demonstrated your love. God, you've given us a renewed uh, source and sense of peace and, God, hope as we long and look for you to work. God, we're reminded of what took place on this special night, Lord, the night on which you became a baby boy. Lord, you dwelt among us. You took on flesh you came as a man that you might die a death in our place. God, we give you praise. We give you thanks for who you are. Lord, we rejoice in this truth together. Lord, we reflect and we remember just how special it is, Lord, what you did on that night all those years ago in the hillside of Bethlehem. God, when eternity was changed forever. Lord, thank you for the work of Christ we celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas. Jesus, we give you praise in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.